Three, two, one. Welcome to Long Run Radio. Let's run. Hey, hey, runners. Welcome to NYR, our coaching lab, Long Run Radio. I'm Coach Daphne. And I'm Coach Josh. If you haven't started your run, feel free. Start your watch. Get warmed up. We're going to be here for the next 60 minutes because uh, long run coaches are here to be your guides, your friends, your cheerleaders for your long run leading up to the TCS New York City Marathon. Each week we will discuss training and racing and all kinds of things in between. And in addition to training, we've got motivation and we've got storytelling. We have so many stories to share with you and as coaches, as athletes, um, and as fans of this amazing race. Every 15 minutes, we will check in physically and mentally, and we will uh, bring up something special that you ought to be thinking about periodically during your long run to keep you on track. Today, we have some Really great topics for you, summertime tips for clothing, making sure that you're surviving uh, in this heat, um, if you're experiencing anything like the heat that we're experiencing here in New York City. Um, we've got plenty of stories for you uh, to learn from and uh, keep you motivated and uh, moving forward on your journey towards the marathon. So Coach Josh here with your First check-in, couple minutes into your long run, you made it to the long run. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. One thing to keep in mind today, pay attention to your thoughts. So are you already looking forward to that post-run meal? Are you already counting down how many more minutes do I have until this long run is over? Take a minute with me and try to focus on getting into a rhythm with your form and your breathing. If you're already there, if you're already in the zone, that's awesome. If you're feeling a little distracted, let's just try to focus in on what we're here doing right now, doing this long run, all right? So keep it up, you're doing a great job. We'll check back in with you in a few. All right, moving right along making the miles fly by. Coach Josh, um, we're uh, we're in the middle of a heat wave here in New York as oh, we, yes, are we are recording this. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this uh, over the 4th of July weekend, it may have cooled off a little bit, but uh, you're probably not wearing any long sleeves, I don't think. Are you, you wearing long oh, sleeves, I, Coach oh, Josh? Oh, I hope not. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Just the thought of that. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> so, uh, as we said last week, um, one of the one of the uh, important purposes of the long run is using it as a dress rehearsal for the big day, and uh, that's a theme that we will uh, continue to come back to throughout the series. Um, I see what right you did now, there. See what I did there. <laughs> dress <laughs> rehearsal. Ta da! Um, so uh, today. Um, it's a hot summer day and please, please, Jesus, don't let it be this hot on November 7th. <laughs> um, it probably won't be, but, uh, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So summertime, uh, long run clothing. My number one tip is no matter whether you have long hair, short hair, no hair, wear a hat. And uh, I know that Dina Castor agrees with me here. Um, she is uh, she is very keen on sun protection, which is an important thing for every runner. Um, for me, the hat is important not only because it keeps the sun out of my eyes, and I hate, 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 hate having the sun in my eyes, um, mm. but also because all over Central Park, there are water fountains, and it is such a nice treat on a day like today to dunk your hat in the water fountain. Oh, yes. Put it back on, nice cold hat, and it kind of drips down your shoulders and your neck, and it's uh, it's like a tiny little bit of a first-class upgrade on an otherwise kind of challenging day. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, and don't just take it from me if... Uh, I know that uh, Coach Josh, you're you're a fellow running nerd. Uh, did you did you get up really early in the morning in uh, 2016 to watch the uh, men's Olympic marathon in Rio? It, it feels like about a decade ago, but um, but I believe I did. I know I watched it, and and my guess is I watched it live. Um, spoiler alert: Kipchoge won. He always wins. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> For me, the the major standout story, well, there were a lot of major standout stories, but one of the major standout stories uh, was Galen Rupp, who was running, I believe, only his second ever marathon in his whole life. Amazing. Uh, His first one was at the Olympic trials, and he won, and that's how he wound up in Rio. And uh, as uh, everyone knows that it was real hot in Rio. It's mm. it's warm in Brazil pretty much all the time. So I'm told I've never been. Um, and so in order to beat the heat on the course, Galen Rupp had people staked out at like approximately 5K intervals. And so every few minutes, they all had, um, each person had like a cooler full of ice with a hat in it. And so every few minutes he would run past and take off his old hat, chuck it in the grass, put on a fresh cold hat. And, um, I mean, the ultimate pit that stop. Is, right. The ultimate pit stop. Unfortunately, we cannot provide that level of service to <laughs> all 35,000 runners in the TCS New York city marathon. Um, but you can, you can DIY that by, uh, pouring some water over your head and or dunking your hat. So that's, that's right. Uh, bring your BYO, bring your own hat. BYO hat. Exactly. <laughs> what, uh, what is your must have piece of summer running gear coach, Josh? Well, I, back on, just to stay on the hat for a second. Can, <laughs> is there like a type of hat you'd recommend? Because I know like as, as coaches, as runners, we, you know, we are very, often very picky about the type of clothing. We're like, yeah, don't wear mm-hmm. cotton. That's, that's not going to be great. You know, a cotton shirt, um, or whatever, you know, don't wear jeans, you know, basic things like that. But what does the hat, does the, does the type of hat matter? Do we, do we have to like, you know, get really fancy and get super technical hat? Um, you know, that's, uh, that's a great question. It's, uh, it's definitely not, uh, right now today, 
Um, it's definitely not a day for the adorable beanie with the pom-pom that we have handed <laughs> out at, uh, say, the Fred LeBeau half Fred in LeBeau. years past. Um, also, oh, man, knit hat getting wet. And that's, that's not my favorite thing. Not fun. Um, no. I like any kind of hat that has a brim to keep the sun out of my eyes. Um, and I do tend to go for uh, technical fabrics that uh, kind of uh, pull pull sweat away from your eyes. I hate, hate, hate. I'm sure everybody does when uh, I get sweaty and my sunscreen melts into my eyes. Mm. It hurts. No fun. Like, yeah, no good. Um, but uh, I have, I am not particularly picky about colors. I will say I have, um, I have one running hat that is, um, it's nearly falling apart. I have worn it so much. It was, uh, a giveaway in the press room when I went to watch the 2012 Olympic trials marathon in Houston. And, uh, it's, you know, performance fabric and it says United States Olympic team trials. Mm. And, I love to wear it in races because it terrifies people in stark That's corrals. right. Intimidation. Absolutely. And um, for the record, I am nowhere even remotely close to the same time zone as qualifying for the Olympic <laughs> trials. But uh, that makes the hat all the more funny. Yeah. Wear it till it disintegrates. Yep. That's a, that's a yep. good one to hold on to. <laughs> Do you have a lucky hat? Um. I have two hats I wear. One's white, one's black. So, well, I don't I don't know if there's like a difference in the heat, you know, when it's like sunny. I don't know if mm-hmm. like the the black one gets hotter. I I'd have to compare it. I like them both. They one has a bigger brim, so when it's sunnier, I wear that one. Um and when I just need a little covering, um I'll wear the one with a, a shorter brim. It's like it can flip up. It's kind of like a cycling style helmet. I really like that one. Um, and and I do wait, like wait, to. You, you you wear a helmet on the run? <laughs> did I did I say helmet? Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it safe all the time. Cycling style hat. H A T, not not a helmet. Thank you for <laughs> good catch, good catch, Coach Daphne. Just keeping you on your toes there. Um, no, I do not wear a helmet on the road, but you know, to each their own. Um, do you do you give your hat a dunk now and then? I do, I do, I do. I, I just like you said, fill it up at the water fountain. Keep going. I love that. Yeah. I when it comes to summertime clothing. Um, in addition to the hat, I do like to wear a tank top, but caveat here, I, if I'm not, if I, if I am not yet like used to wearing that tank top, I get, Mm -hmm. you know, the chafing under the arms. And you don't know until you get in the shower and go, exactly. exactly. (laughs) It's awful. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I wear, um, I wear a hat, uh, sorry, a, a, a tank top carefully. So if mm-hmm. I if I know I'm going to run a race with a tank top because it's going to be blistering hot, I do like to get in a number of training runs uh, with uh, with a tank top so that I'm used to it 
and and there are no surprises in the shower afterwards. And that uh, that goes back to another thing we talked about last week, and that we're going to repeat over and over and over again, all the way until you get to the start line on Staten Island, and that is nothing new on race day. Mm-hmm. If you never ate it before, if you never drank it before, if you never wore it before, definitely the starting line is not the time to try it out. Absolutely. And and this is like, I mean, it's such a great piece of advice and you hear it very often from coaches and and I and I feel like it needs one piece of additional information or like qualification, which is like, why do we say nothing new? Well, it's because there is so much that is new on race day, right? Like you've never run a race on that particular day before. Maybe you've run the New York City Marathon before, but you've never run it November 7, 2021 before. You've never run it with those exact weather conditions and feeling the exact way that you're feeling with all those other exact runners. So it's like we're trying to minimize all we're we're, we're trying to minimize all of the variables, if that makes sense, right? Because we can control what we wear. We can control what we eat that morning. Like, let's control the things we can control and be ready for all the new stuff that's coming at us. Exactly. That's uh, that's so important. Control what you can control. And uh, I have have a coach friend who is fond of saying, there will be weather. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Exactly. You are just about 15 minutes deep into your long run. How's it going? Uh, Coach Josh was wondering if you are uh, already counting down until, uh, personally, I like to dive into a plate of French fries after a long run. I feel like that's that's a worthy reward. Um, But congratulations on the miles you've already got under your belt. And speaking of French fries, I don't recommend them as on-the-run fueling, but they do contain two important things that everybody needs while we're doing a long run, and that is salt and potassium. Um, And you can get those in all kinds of other places, all kinds of other non-French fry forms. Um, Energy gels tend to have sodium and potassium in them. Um, So do sports drinks. one thing that I wish that someone had told me when I very start first started running is that uh, you can have too much of those good electrolytes, and um, this is something that you practice on the long run. I found out the hard, unpleasant way that um, a sports drink plus an energy gel is more electrolyte than my body can absorb. So. I am uh, I am a gel and water kind of a person. Um, maybe you are a sports drink kind of a person. Maybe you like salt tablets. Some people some people like those. Have you ever tried those, Coach Josh? I have not. Oh, I know I people. Either. I know many people who have though. Some people swear by them. Anyhow, that's uh, that's my nutrition fueling hydration tip. Let's get back to it. Love it, love it. So. We have an important, I have an important topic that I want to discuss with you all, which is bad runs. Oh, the worst oh, kind. I know, I know. And um, and and why are we talking bad runs? Well, 
not every run can be, and we talked about this in the last episode as well, but not every run can be amazing. Can't, it can't always feel great. That's just, I just, that's not how training works. So I think it's important to discuss. Let's, let's be open. Not every run is great. So let's dive into these bad quote, bad runs and, and try to understand what, what they might be telling us. I like to think about it that way. So when I, when I think about (laughs) bad runs, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to pick one to talk about because there's so many, you know, and it's just, it's just a part of training. Um, it is. And yet still here you are. I know. Right. Still, still running. Um, so I like, I like to think of it. I have this recurring dream, which, which is probably more like a nightmare. Um, (laughs) tell me, tell me if you can relate to this, but I, I have this dream and I don't know how many years I've been having it, but it comes back every now and then. And I'm running in this dream, sometimes walking, but usually I'm running and, and it's like, I, it's like I'm running into the biggest headwind imaginable. Like I'm trying to run and I just, I'm not going anywhere. It's like, I'm in, I'm like oh, a, it's like a hamster terrible. wheel. It's, it's awful. It's, <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's just a dream. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but that's sometimes how the run is. You know, yep. you're, you're out there. I, I mean, I've had number of, a number of runs, um, in, in my marathon training cycles where I go out and the goal is I'm going to do some miles at my marathon pace and I'm on the road and my legs are just like, like I have weights attached to them. And, and it feels like I have to run, I have to sprint just to hit that goal pace. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that and ever, ever uh, happen to you? Yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, it's one of the, the training effects, right? Like mm. it takes a while for the training to like settle into your legs and, uh, there are some days when uh, when it just feels like so much more work. And then all of a sudden, like a few weeks in, I don't know what happens metabolically, physiologically, but like suddenly you're like, oh, wait, I am good at this. Mm. And uh, and that's that's what happens on a good one. But it's so funny that uh, you have a recurring nightmare that is uh, that is running focused because I also have a recurring running nightmare. You do. And I do. What? I do. Tell and it, uh, it goes back to what you were just talking about, about um, controlling the things you can control. So in this dream, I've had this dream, oh, at least four times. And it's usually when I am, uh, you know, in the thick of training for a big race. And in the dream, I am uh, standing on the start line of the Olympic trials marathon. And I'm lined up with Des Linden and Molly Huddle Ooh. and Alephine Tulemuk and good for you. Except that, <laughs> except that I'm me. I am 47 years old. I have a marathon PR of 3:38. I have absolutely no business being there. And the gun goes off and they're all out of sight, of course, in like under five minutes. <laughs> and I am all alone and I'm in last place and I'm oh, in a no. city I've never been to and I don't know the course and I get lost. And that's that's when I wake up. 
Um, so control the things you can control. Look at the course map. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, winning, losing, still doing a marathon. So, but yes. Um, That's winning right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that these yeah recurring recurring running dreams. That's probably its own its own podcast right there. <laughs> totally. Um, so, uh, so what are these runs? What are these quote bad runs telling us? And I'm saying quote bad runs because I, I think that I think they're important. And mm-hmm. you know, I think I think they sometimes can. I mean, they can tell so many different things. Um, my first training cycle for a marathon, I actually, it, it, I never, I don't think I fully got to that point of feeling like, oh, it's all clicking. Um, and I think what that meant is that I was training for a, a pace that was too fast for what I was really pro- capable of at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, still finished the marathon and, 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 obviously continued on as we, as we talked about in the last episode, continue on, continued on training for marathons. But, um, but sometimes I I think more often, um, just these like bad runs are just, that's, that's what it, like you said, it's like, it's part of the adaptation process. Um, but I, I think that we can, we can be really strategic or methodical and actually try to learn as much as we can from these runs. So first one is, first tip, and I have three tips here. First one is accept the run, right? It happened. It didn't feel great. Accept it. That's the first step. Two is, second tip is do your recovery. I think I've been there and I know, I know runners who I've coached who've, who've done this and kind of like before, almost before you're done with the run, you're kind of beating yourself up about it. Um, and maybe jumping to conclusions about what happened. Why, why did the run fall apart? Why did it not feel great? My suggestion here is do your recovery first. Like, you know, your hydration, your fueling, take a shower, use your roller, take a nap, you know, whatever, whatever you're going to do to like get back to, uh, you know, your, your normal, uh, post run state. And then my third tip is take some time after the run and actually, uh, put pen to paper and write down some reflections because I, at least for me that actually physically writing is really helpful. It's a really great way for me to like process and, and just like try to be really factual at first, like what, what happened, right? Like what was your, what was your goal? What did you end up doing as far as distance or time or pace? You know, just kind of write down whatever feels useful to reflect on the run. And you may find that it, the run wasn't as bad as you initially thought. Um, or you may find there were some things like, oh, I didn't really eat enough or I ate too much before the run. Like you, some things may pop up to you. Um, to help you understand why the run didn't go as you wanted it to. Do you ever do that? Do you ever like reflect post-run? Do you ever, do you use writing at all? I do. I, um, I uh, actually, like you, I'm, I'm old school and I, uh, I keep things uh, on paper 
Um, I know it doesn't count if it isn't on Strava, but uh, it also <laughs> doesn't count if it's if it's not in my little book. Mm. And um, I like to, it's so valuable for so many reasons, like to do it when it's fresh in your head, of course, so that, um, you know, after, after a while in a marathon training cycle, like the miles kind of blur together, there are so many oh, yeah. of them. Um, but uh, to do it when it's fresh in your head, but then um, the reason it's, it's nice to do that and to create that record. Um, as you know, Coach Josh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge Kipchoge fan. And uh, one of uh, Eliud Kipchoge's uh, maxims, you know, he speaks in like poetry (laughs) and uh, he also keeps uh, paper records of all of Hmm. his training and he likes to look back at them um, the night before a big race and say, I have written it. And I love to do that. Like look back at all the hard workouts you did, all the tempo runs you nailed, all the things that didn't go so well. You did all of that. You wrote it. And that uh, it's a huge confidence booster the night before a big race. Oh, that's amazing. That, that is so great. Yeah. Love that. So, uh, so we're just about half an hour deep here, kiddos. That's right. Half hour into your long run. You all are out here pushing on. Great work. Great work. Keep it up. Got a little more motivation to throw your way. Maybe, you know, all this talk about bad runs is bringing up some memories or some some thoughts like right now, this run is not going how I want it to go. Like I said, maybe you ate too much this morning. Maybe you didn't eat enough. Maybe you started too fast or too slow. Here we are, half hour in, let's have a reset. We're gonna gonna wipe that slate clean. So any regrets you're having about the run so far, let's just push those aside from now. There's plenty of time after the run to process that. You can write some notes down, but right here, right now, We're gonna finish your long run. We're gonna make the most of being out here and doing this run together. All right, so keep it up, do your best. That's all you can do and have some fun out there. All right, Coach Daphne, we've been talking about marathon stories and I would love to know if, yeah, do you you have a great, a funny marathon story. We've been talking about bad runs, but do you have a funny story to tell us to bring us back up? Um, I do. I do. And, uh, this is, uh, a story of the one and only time I have run the TCS New York city marathon. Um, I am currently training for marathon number 14. Um, and I have coached, I don't know how many hundreds of runners for the TCS New York city marathon. I feel like I know the course, like the back of my hand, but I've only run it one time. And, uh, it was very early on in my running career and I was severely undertrained. And so I was personally having a not great day. Um, Mm. but my enduring memory, um, is of someone who was having an even crummier day. Um, so, you know, Coach Josh, because um, you've run the race, yes. the only part of the course, there are two parts of the course that don't have spectators and they are both bridges. Mm-hmm. And you really don't need crowd support on the Verrazano, even though it is the longest 
steepest hill on the course at a mile long. Right. Um, but it's so exciting because you have Lady Liberty and the Fireboats and New York, New York playing, and it's awesome and you feel great. Oh, yeah. um, the other spot, however, the 59th Street Bridge, the Queensboro Bridge, is um, often a trouble spot for all kinds of people. The front of the pack, the middle of the pack, the back of the pack. Um, I was uh, firmly in the middle the time the, when I ran the TCS New York City Marathon in uh, 2008. And it was a nice day. Like, I wish in hindsight that I had been better trained because it was mm. it was a good day for running fast. Um, but I got to the 59th Street Bridge. I had <laughs> I had gone out too fast. Mm. And by that point in the race, if you have gone out too fast, you are really, really starting to enter the pain cave. And uh it's about you know, it's, uh, mile sixteen. Yep, mile sixteen. And it is um it's a long, steep climb. And you're on the lower deck. And uh, so it's kind of echoey in there, even though there aren't spectators. You like you can hear everybody's feet. And so I'm running along and I pass a woman who was running with, I don't know if it was her husband, her brother, just a friend, a guy named Brad. And poor Brad was having a really rough day. Oh, no, Brad. (laughs) <laughs> so every few, <laughs> and so Brad kept like falling behind and every few seconds echoing in the metal rafters on the Queensboro bridge this woman would holler Brad! <laughs> like a parrot <laughs> and so first I passed Brad and Brad's like I'll be okay okay i'll see you at the finish and obviously she can't hear that she's like 200 yards ahead and so then i pass her right as she lets go another (laughs) and on my other side was a guy from italy and i know that because he was wearing the uh italian tour group italian flag singlet that says italia on Mm, it mm, a giveaway so this nice italian guy ran by on my other side as she let out this horrendous squawk and said hi mamma mia (laughs) and that was uh that was my slice of life right there on the queensborough bridge what a cast of characters so you're saying that this woman's uh, screaming brad's name it wasn't it wasn't helping him run faster it was definitely not helping (laughs) poor brad (laughs) good a good lesson a good lesson yes Brad, if you're listening, I, uh, I I hope things got better for you afterward. <laughs> That's right. How about you? Do you have a funny story from the TCS New York City Marathon? Oh, I have, I have, I, I do, I have stories, yeah. Um, you know, it's... How many times have you run it? I've, I've run it twice. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say all of them are hilarious, I think. I think it takes a certain, <laughs> you know, I think it takes a certain amount of time to pass before some of the stories become hilarious but uh mm-hmm. like Comedy brad, for is example. tragedy hopefully, plus time right that's right that's right. hopefully brad is is laughing about this uh <laughs> experience now um but what was your what was your and i will share some stories but i'm i'm just curious like what what was your experience like you're you're seeing this were you just kind of like 
Were you like, I'm impervious I, to this? Or were you like, <laughs> oh, God, am I going to turn into, am I going to start, you know, struggling? What was your... I, I was, uh, I was kind of worried about that. And I did, um, later on in the race because I was undertrained and had gone out too fast, which is, um, it is, it is a deadly one to punch that. Yes. Um, I, uh, I saw my parents on first Avenue. So not too long after the Queensboro bridge. And I was, I was still basically okay. And then they, um, while I ran up to the Bronx and then back down through Harlem, they walked across town to Central Park and they were um, in the park, I think about the bottom of Cat Hill Mm. on the East Drive. And Mm -hmm. uh, sidebar, it always makes me giggle if you watch on TV the commentators always say when they get to Central Park, and now they have to battle the brutal hills of Central Park. <laughs> and uh, as as you and I both know, Coach Josh, you get to go down the hill in the marathon. No, tell us, tell, remind us what is Cat Hill? Cat Hill is on the East Drive between approximately 73rd and like 79th Street-ish. Mm-hmm. And it is called that because uh, there is a statue of a crouching panther mm. that uh, is exactly it's about to pounce on some prey. And uh, anyway, so uh, my parents were at the bottom of Cat Hill, and so that's uh, what like tw- almost to twenty four, I think. Um, it's it's near the end of the race, pretty deep in, mm-hmm. and if you are undertrained, which no one listening, no one listening to this podcast on the long run will be. If you are undertrained and you've gone out too fast, another thing none of you will, will do. Uh Um, you're, you're really going to be sucking wind at this point. So I saw my parents again and I shuffled over to the edge (laughs) of the road to hug my mom. And like, I mean, I could barely even talk I was so tired and my parents of course they're your parents they love you they're cheerleaders they were like woohoo you're doing it you're running the New York City Marathon this is so great (laughs) and I said to my mom I wish I was dead oh god (laughs) no (laughs) yes exactly and fast forward uh that was 2008 and I ran my next marathon in 2010 and when I signed up for that marathon and told my parents, I'm going to run another marathon. My mother said, do I need to remind you? <laughs> it was seared into her brain. Yes. You had exactly. forgotten. <laughs> you yeah. said, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. <laughs> I didn't wish I was dead. And uh, I, I've run lots, lots better marathons since then. And uh, in 2022, I will. I will take another crack at the TCS New York City Marathon. So stay tuned. Very exciting. Very exciting. And so back to the um, back to the Brad and the Brad situation, because um, <laughs> you painted such a such an awesome picture of that bridge. And just just I, I feel like you can't talk about the Queensboro Bridge without talking about what is waiting for you at the bottom of that bridge. So true. There is, uh, it's, it's like the wall of sound. You come off the Queensboro Bridge 
and you hit First Avenue. And first of all, you have a screaming downhill off the bridge. So that's your mm-hmm. payoff from the long, silent climb up. Um, you have, it's such a fast downhill. Um, you may not notice this on race day, but there are actually bales of hay on the off ramp. And that <laughs> is for the wheelchair athletes because they're going so fast mm-hmm. and it's a really tight turn. Um, so you come off the bridge and there is just this deafening roar on First Avenue. Um, it is, uh, you're, you start out in Midtown and then you run through the Upper East Side and up into Harlem and everybody is out on the street. And uh, especially as you get uh, on toward the Upper East Side, there are all kinds of uh, local eating and drinking establishments mm. that... Uh, have uh, a marathon brunch planned and I definitely don't recommend stopping if you're running the race, but (laughs) your friends will have a great time having brunch waiting for you to (laughs) run by and they will all have several Bloody Marys under their belts. And so they, they go out and they make noise. It happens. They'll toast to you. Yes. They will be drinking your very good health and, uh, (laughs) and also getting some uh, important, Sodium electrolytes in a Bloody Mary. Yes. Don't have yes. don't have one of those on the run. That's that's terrible no. advice. <laughs> yes. And there's some there's some subtle hills on on First Avenue. That is correct. It uh, if we were to go out and walk on it right now, you wouldn't notice that there's any hill at all. But uh, it is actually a little bit uphill. I I know someone who. Uh, had a serious time goal in mind who uh, hit first Avenue and all of a sudden without even trying was like 30 seconds faster than planned yes. pace. And uh, I think, I think Ryan Hall maybe says it in uh, one of the course videos. Nobody, uh, nobody ever won the race on first Avenue, but it's easy to lose the race there. So, Ooh, so true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Listen to Ryan Hall. Always, always. Yep. Um, yep. Yes. Uh, that I've, I've been there running uh, too fast up First Avenue. That wall of sound, it's so, uh, it's so it's appealing. It's so exhilarating. It's exhilarating. Gets right into the brain and suddenly, whoop, like someone turned the speed up. Yes. Yes. Somebody, somebody stepped on the gas. <laughs> yes. But, uh, so you go, uh, just giving you a little course preview here, you go all the way up First Avenue um, and into the Bronx. And uh, Coach Josh, I don't know. Have you been up there with uh, with the coaches the past couple of years? It's, no, uh, I haven't. It's, it has historically been the spot where uh, New York Roadrunners coaches hang out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is, uh, it's actually really fun. And, uh, so in my, when I am wearing my coaching hat, um, not my Olympic trials qualifier hat, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I am wearing my coaching some great hat, hats. I, I have so many of them. I, I love hats. I look great in them. Um, <laughs> I like to hang out up there, um, around the 21 mile mark and, uh, every runner, I see that I have coached, I will jump in and run a couple of blocks of, uh, I think it's 148th street. 
And uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> but uh, I will hop in and run a couple of blocks and I ask everybody, hey, how's it going? How do you feel? And at mile 21, 100% of the time, the answer is, I feel like crap. <laughs> and if, if you don't feel like crap at mile 21, you're definitely doing something wrong. So it's, uh, it's always fun to look back at my Strava track over the course of the day. I, I think my record was in 2018. I think I ran 11 and a half miles of the same three blocks. I was just going to say, you probably put in close to a marathon on that day. <laughs> It, it was wow. a bunch of miles. Wow. A lot, a lot of fun. Wow. So look at that, Coach Josh. It's almost time for our next check-in. Yeah. What do you got for us, Coach Daphne? Yeah, we are, uh, we're 45 minutes deep. Go you! You are, by now, rocking and rolling, and uh, you have uh, shaken off any of the cobwebs that might have been uh, bothering you a few minutes ago. Um, I hope that you have uh, given your hat a good dunk. I hope that your tank top is not chafing. I hope that uh, you have had something to eat and something to drink and that you are looking forward to the last few miles to come. So great work. Good luck. We'll check back in in a few minutes. Awesome. So back, uh, back to everyone's favorite thing, the TCS New York City Marathon. It's your turn, Coach Josh. Yes, yes. I've got, you know, you're, you're um, talking about seeing family and the power of the cheer station. And I, my, this, the, the story that stands out for me from my first marathon, which was also my first New York City marathon, uh, involves both of those things. And it was so just after the coach's cheer station around mile 21, at mile 22, there's the Harlem Run cheer station, which was stocked with uh, my friends and family. I had, I had strategically uh, had, had all, all of my, uh, people gather there mile 22. So, uh, this is good spot for some extra cheering. Absolutely. Marcus Garvey park. It's, uh, there's a lot of people there. Um, so you've just gotten back into Manhattan, um, finished going up North first Avenue into the Bronx and now you're heading South. And I was tired. I was very tired. I had done all the classic first marathon things, not to say that you're going to do this on your marathon, but I had started too fast. You've heard us mention that a few times today. I had definitely started too fast. Um, and, but I, but I knew mile 22, going to see some people. Um, I got that like feeling in like, like butterflies, you know, the excitement, of like like something's coming up. It's like, it's kind of that same feeling just thinking even about the marathon, like in the weeks before, um, you know, that kind of like nervous excitement. Um, so I'm starting to feel, you know, uh, this like buzz. Um, and I'm heading down fifth Avenue because Marcus Garvey park is, is like kind of, um, the the marathon kind of bumps around around it. it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. 
and heading down Fifth Avenue, and and I'm like, I'm starting to like smile because I like I know that like this wall of people um, is is like I'm about to like run towards them, and I ba- I basically started sprinting, like <laughs> once I got in, inside of them, and so I I essentially sprinted through this cheer station with, without meaning to, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even see half the people who I I was excited to see because, because I, without meaning to, I was like running too fast by them. I like, I like barely, barely even processed that, that got, that all these people were there. And you made your mom stand out in the cold so that you could sprint by her and she saw you for two seconds. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah, she got, she did get a video of me though. She got a video of me. (laughs) So it did happen. That was, that was, that was how I knew that, that she was really there. Um, And let me tell you, I paid for it because as soon as, like you're saying, you're making all these, like you said, all these turns around like Fifth Avenue and then onto 124th Street. And then, and so once I'm like out of, just out of sight, I like come back down to earth, I slow down. And I, I swear, I thought my legs were going to fall off. Oh dear. <laughs> like, like I, I thought like, oh, I just, I just, I just like spent my last dollar bill. I have nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, that was mile 22. I have four more to go over four more miles to go. And you know, it might as well be a thousand if you feel that way. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. And I didn't even, I didn't even know that there was a mile uphill of fifth Avenue Mm, right alongside Central Park. It's a sneaky, nasty one, isn't it? It is. It is. But now you all know about it. So, you know, you won't be surprised about it. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. One tenth to 59th street on fifth Avenue. It's one mile uphill all the way. Yep, b- right before you uh, turn into the park. That's right. And, uh, That's right. I a lot. Did of I say 59th? I, I meant 90th Street. Sorry. 90th Street. There you yes. go. I know a lot of people who have thought like, "Oh, am I bonking?" No, no, you're not bonking. You're going up a hill. It's normal. That's right. It's yeah. It's another of those like su- subtle like you could walk up it and not really know it was a hill. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so I slowed way down, and I was I I thought it was important that I not walk even though we talked all about walking in the last episode I hadn't I hadn't yet learned all about walking but but I thought if I walked I I might not be able to start running again and I just it was like um has it I'm wondering if that's happened to you too where you're just like you're like oh wow I just kind of dissociate a little bit for and I just like was running way too fast and had no sense of it. it kind of like actually the first mile of the race, the Verrazano mm-hmm. bridge. I think it's easy to do it there too, where you kind of like lose sense of how fast you're running. Yeah. You get, uh, you get caught up in the excitement. It's so, so easy to do. And, uh, it's, it's so important not to, but, uh, I think, um, you know, what, uh, what you were saying earlier, coach Josh, in your check-in about like letting that go, like you went out too fast, you went out too fast. You can't get that back. So mm-hmm. <laughs> work with what you have, work with, uh, the tools that you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, that's right. And, and 
you know, I think, and I think that's what worked for me in that moment was like staying positive and it was like, okay, I did this thing. That was a, that was a mistake. <laughs> Should, shouldn't have done that. But you know what? I didn't really have control over it and it's over. It's like it happened and let's finish these four miles. Um, and, and it was really like one step at a time. Um, and that's where it was, that's, this is the race where Central Park South, I thought I will never do this again. I mean, it was, it was a painful last four miles, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but, but of course, you know, I did, I, I finished and I was, and I was ready to do the next one. So, um, so yeah, the, the crowds, they, they are a powerful force in New York city. So, uh, use the power wisely. No, I think there's, a, I think there's a time and a place to like tune in and tune out of the crowds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's solid advice right there. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it's really, really great to key off. Um, like, as you know, that, uh, that section in the Bronx, there is, um, Historically, there has been a group of Japanese drummers up there mm. um, between mile 21 and 22. And they're like, it's, you know, who needs headphones? Don't wear headphones in the mm, New York City exactly. Marathon. There's, there's so much cool stuff going on around you that you definitely wouldn't want to miss. But the Japanese drummers have like, they have a great rhythm and they're up tempo and they're super energetic and it's uh they are i think optimally placed i have heard them in uh a similar group of drummers um in the london marathon and they were at like the 10k mark and like i i didn't need the same kind of boost there Mm, right i I wanted them i wanted them in the 20s that's right that's right yeah yeah so um let's talk a little bit about uh the best part of any marathon, and that is the very end of the TCS New York City Marathon. Do you remember Coach Josh going into the park and that that final stretch? Oh yes, yes. Uh, rounding that turn, there's a there's a big uh, video screen. That I mean, it's all it's a little bit of a blur. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and. I guess that the like technically the steepest part of the marathon is like right up to the finish line, but it's, it's like, it's like a few meters and Mm -hmm. you don't, you know, you're just, you're so close. The excitement takes over and, um, yeah, I was like, I, I, it was a, a mix of, of pure pain and pure excitement. That's what I remember. Yeah, that's, uh, that is a great way to put it as, um, if you are, uh, doing your long run as, uh, loops of central park, you're, you're probably running on parts of the course. Um, Mm -hmm. that last little hill that, uh, coach Josh just mentioned in, uh, 2017 when Shalene Flanagan became the first American woman in more than 30 years to win the race. Woohoo. Amazing. Um, Such a great race. Oh, it was was so fantastic. And she was, uh, I was up in the Bronx, so I didn't see it until afterward. But uh, Uh the replay is now um, etched in my memory um, (laughs) and in in my phone. She she realized at that point with like, you know, 
less than 400 meters to go that she was all alone and she was going to win the race. And clearly like the emotion of like all the years of hard work that she had put in came to her and she pumped her fist and said something that we cannot repeat because this is a G rated family friendly podcast. Um, but, uh, look it up on YouTube and you don't even have to be much of a lip reader. You can figure it out. And, uh, so if you're passing that spot, um, right around Tavern on the Green, give it a practice, pump your fist and Mm -hmm. do your, do your best Shalane. I hope that she knows that someone made a gif of that moment Mm. and that I use that gif at least once a day. It's so useful. (laughs) <laughs> yes, a well. It's a, it can be a very well placed uh, little punctuation mark. I hope that she. I hope she uses that gif. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would if I were her. Good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a that's a great suggestion to kind of like picture yourself. Um, picture yourself. I mean, if you're if you do happen to run in Central Park, um, you know it's pretty easy. And if you don't run in Central Park, maybe you're not even close to New York. Um, do look up some video. You mentioned also, a, another, another video featuring Ryan Hall. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, it, but uh, it was a couple of years ago, but I'm pretty sure it's still on YouTube. If you, oh, uh, good. if yeah. you search for TCS New York city marathon, uh, course previews. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a, Course previews are so, are so great. Cause you can actually, uh, put yourself in the race. Like you can, you can picture yourself there. And, and have that be part of your, um, whether it's maybe some images you call to mind when you're, when you're running or when you're not running, you know, maybe you're doing some, your, your post run relaxing or stretching. Um, I, I know I did that. I've done that, but before a number of my marathons kind of like, oh yeah, I want to see what it looks like and really just try to envision things going well on the actual course. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I am a big fan of them. And, uh, I, I watched one before I ran the Berlin marathon in 2018, um, Mm -hmm. in which I was, uh, soundly beaten by Eliud Kipchoge. He had to break the world record to get by me. It was a close one. It was a close one. It was close. Yeah. I, I I made him sweat a little bit. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I watched a, Berlin course video, which of course was all in German. Um, I don't speak German, um, but I learned a very important German vocabulary word, which is Lauf. Do you know what that means, Coach Josh? No, I don't. It means run. Run. Something you will need to do a lot over 26.2 miles. It's good advice. Were people cheering? Were people yelling that from the sidelines? Um, you know, one of uh, one of the cool things in Berlin is um, German efficiency at work here. They print out your bib like while you stand there at the expo. Ooh. And so um, even though I was uh, not in contention to break a world record, my bib <laughs> had my name on it. And so oh, people called nice. my name, which was that's pretty nice. great. Do you, do you ever put your name on your like shirt or something when, when you're not running uh, in the Berlin Marathon? You know, where... Do, do you do you do that intentionally so that people do call your name? You know, um, I have thought that's a great question. I do have a couple of shirts that have my name on them that I have worn in marathons. And it is uh, it's 
fantastic when some random stranger you've mm. never seen before and probably will never see again yells, go Daphne. Um, I have also run marathons in just a plain green tank top because I like the green tank top. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it's up to you, but uh, that is something to practice. If you are going to make a special shirt with your name on it, do a training run in it. And I hope that somebody yells, go Josh. Yes, because you'll be hearing that for 26.2 miles. So it's a good Loud idea to get proud. used to it. Do you, do you wear your name on your shirt? I I never have. I, I, I grew up watching the Boston Marathon like uh, right at the start of Heartbreak Hill. And I would spend hours yelling people's names um, that they had written on their shirts. But I, I have not yet done it. Um, actually, I think the, the Barcelona Marathon uh, – they printed people's names, but there were, people weren't really saying my name. I don't know. I think maybe <laughs> they weren't entirely sure how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you ran Barcelona. That sounds I did. Uh, I did. distinctly non-flat, but one of my favorite it, cities. I, well, they've, they've flattened it since 1992 in the Olympics, <laughs> but um, it's a great, it's an amazing marathon. You see all like the tourist spots and, um, but no, I have not run with my shirt, uh, my name on my shirt, except for that marathon, but but maybe I will this year. We'll see. All right. There's a first time for everything, right? That's right. All right. Well, uh, there we go. Another hour has flown by. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your long run with us today. I hope that it's going well. And if you are just finishing your run right now, congrats. You did it another long run in the books and if you still have some more miles uh, or kilometers or minutes to run keep up the good work you're doing so well Uh, really excited for you i'm coach josh and i'm coach daphne and we'll be back next week on nyrr coaching lab long run radio bye-bye